Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we're from Mind Robber Productions, which you can be, which you can find at mindrobber.net. <laughs> uh, and uh, we, we, we have podcasts over there. We've got this one where we talk about Doctor Who, uh, which we'll be doing in just a second. And we also have our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about things that aren't Doctor Who. Uh, and, uh, if you like our shows, you should review them. Uh, if you don't keep your opinions yourself, cause no one cares, but you, uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or any other sort of cool thing you feel like sharing, you can email them to podcast at mindrobber.net. Uh, if you want to start a discussion, you can go to the website and do that by commenting on this post or any other past episode posts and uh, comment, and we will comment back, and the discussion will start. Uh, and you can let everyone know what you're thinking rather than just us. Matt, how are you? I'm good, man. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, yes. post-Christmas. Yes. Happy Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Happy uh, Christmas. Uh, also, uh, this is our last episode of the sea of of the of the of the season of the of the year. Uh, we're, <laughs> yes, we're, we're gonna we're gonna end it just like we started it with a Stephen with a with a with a modern Doctor Who story, <laughs> a, a, a new series with Matt. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, happens. Uh, so this is our last episode of the year. Uh, we'll be back in like two or three weeks um, with Ambassadors of Death. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got a lot to talk about. We're talking about The Snowmen, which was the Christmas special for this year. Uh, the return of Matt Smith, the return of Stephen Moffat, and the introduction of Clara Oswald. Um, so lots to talk about, but I think before we start talking about the episode itself, this uh, this this portion of of the episode, as anyone who's listened before knows, uh, this is usually the background significance portion. But I figured, since we don't really have that because this is a new episode, I thought we could talk about uh, what makes this episode important, or or I guess the big changes before we start talking about the story. Um, so I want to talk about the new theme song, the new, uh, the new like theme, whatever you call that, the opening credit sequence, um, and, uh, and the new TARDIS interior. I want to talk about all of those things. So, uh, let's start, I guess we should just start at the beginning with the, uh, with the, uh, the opening credit sequence, um, which is a brand new opening credit sequence. It's the most drastically different since uh since the uh the the show restarted in 2005 we've kind of been we've kind of had very similar uh introductions where we're just in the time tunnel mm-hmm. um 
but now uh, we're kind of all over the universe. It's very, I think it's very reminiscent of uh, of uh, the Sylvester McCoy uh, stories. Um, yeah, I was I was actually about to say just the same thing. Yeah, um, but and, it, and it's I I think it's weird, but it's cool that it's really different. Like they really just went all out, mm-hmm. and I love the return of the face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Ag- uh, agreed on both of those points. I think, and I, and I think that the thing that's interesting is like you mentioned that it's the new, it's the first time since the time tunnel. Well. Uh, since the time tunnel from 2005 well actually the the movie also had the time tunnel and the flying logo um which which is interesting because it means that Davies actually kind of ripped off the the the, the movie logo and then again a lot of people kind of don't remember that part of it so much yeah. <laughs> I remember everything else from uh, I, at that movie. point I'm fuming with anger over the first line of the movie so <laughs> I've already I've already I, I've like blocked I've rage blocked the uh, the opening <laughs> sequence everything um, else that comes later yeah but no you're you're right it does remind me a lot of the seventh doctor and going back and thinking about it like it is closest to the seventh doctor because the seventh doctor was such a radical departure from basically where the show had been previously with the star field of uh davison and and uh colin baker and then actually time tunnel for um for fourth doctor and technically like third second and first if you want to just go with the fact that they didn't you know have the technology to do that integrated of a time tunnel right um but no, I, I I actually really love it. Um, the first time I watched it, I was just like, "Wow, this is new." Yeah, um, <laughs> that's that was exactly. I was like, "I can't form an opinion of this yet. I don't know what I'm looking at." <laughs> yeah, and I and I watched it actually on its own uh, like yesterday. I think after long after that, I watched it for the first time because I did watch Snowman twice. Everyone, um, me too. Uh, I assume, I know you did. Um, <laughs> well, I'm oh, I'm telling sorry, them. T- I'm not telling oh, you. Hi, hi everyone. Um. <laughs> We just had a, it's we just not had a, just you, us, Matt. We just had a way meta moment. I just looked out of the TV. Um, so, <laughs> but no, the first time I watched it, I thought it was I thought it was interesting and new. And and the more I thought about it, um, even though I think it's a little busy and bombastic, um, it, it one it fits the Moffat era a lot more than the Davies Time Tunnel did. Mm-hmm. And two, I think that what's most significant about it is like without going into too much on this, uh, this story is such a reboot for the show. Like it's basically like Moffat starting over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like his uh, second 11th hour in a lot. Yeah, of it, is, it is his second 11th hour, which I really like. Um, the, the, the time tunnel that he did at, in series five was very much to like bridge the Davies gap mm-hmm. as I, I've always read it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always liked that. It always left, left. It's very um, consistent. And I, and I think that when you go from, Tenet to Smith, watching that kind of helps it along. But he's so far into it now, and he's had such a drastic paradigm shift, and he's going into such a new direction that I really endorse it. Um, I th- I find that I'm like I'm very much in the mindset of like, oh, I kind of wish that he'd done this before. I understand why he didn't, and I agree with him for not. But I think that like him doing this now really makes a bold statement and saying I'm doing something new. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going in a new direction, and this is a new show. Um, mm-hmm. I do think I, I think I like the the opening credit sequence more than I like the new theme though. Um, yes, I think the new theme is way too busy, way too yeah. busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and it's it almost it just sounds like a remixed version, uh, like a like a dance party remix version of the of the uh, series five and six theme. Yes, agreed. it's I'm not I'm not crazy about it. 
Yeah, I'm not crazy about it. Then again, like I might grow to love it more. I find that I like Doctor Who themes the more I listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz you can cuz it it's just so busy that it's hard to focus on what's going on in it at any given moment. Right. Um and I'm not sure I I love like I'm not sure I'm not sure I love it yet, but I like I find I noticed it more now. Then again, I'm so busy trying to under like trying to focus on the visuals that I'm not necessarily paying attention with my ears necessarily. Right. Um, so so I there's guess a lot the- going on. It's just it's very ADD. The whole yeah. sequence is yeah. very, just- which is uh... <laughs> representative. Yes, representative. It's fitting. It is fitting. Yes. Yeah, and that's not, I mean, that's not a slam on Moffat. It's just like, it's just like, I love that he has a theme that finally, a theme and a and an opening credit sequence that really represents him, like, mm-hmm. in his vision of the show. Like, I, I think that that's, that's really important for a show to have, and I really love that he has it um, and stuff. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, it's very thematic, thematically relevant for his era and mm-hmm. for, you know, the fans of his era, because sure. that's that's the thing. Like, I you know, we've always we've been very hard on on Moffat as a showrunner and uh, about his vision of the show. But obviously people like it. So obviously there's fans of this. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's good. They've got their Doctor Who. And I'm just I'm waiting for mine to come back. Um, yeah. But or show up. <laughs> or show up, yeah. Or new, if not fresh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so that's that. So let's talk about the TARDIS interior, because uh, that changed as well, uh, as well as the Doctor's costume. This, again, this is like a second 11th hour, which I really I really like that about it, that it's just like ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah. Um, even though, uh, from a story standpoint, I'm not entirely sure it all checks out for me. Um as far as like why everything is different, because I don't think the pawns are as important as Moffat likes to pretend they are. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that's neither here nor there. We'll talk about that as we get into the story stuff. But the new TARDIS interior hit and they announced it last week with like a picture that uh, the, with a picture of Matt Smith standing in the foreground, covering up most of it. Um <laughs> So you couldn't really even see it then. You just kind of got a glimpse of it. I I'll, I'll be honest. I know when it that picture hit, you hated it. Um, but I I'll be honest. Like I, the one negative thing I'll say about it is that I don't like that we're going we're scaling back to the smaller size bridge. I liked the the huge like oversized bridge of 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 series five and six. Um, I really really loved that. So I'm not crazy about it being uh, scaled down again. But other than that, I really like the look of it. I do. Mm. Mm. Um, uh. I know that you're not crazy about it, but I think that I, – I just think that it fits – I don't know. I just think it fit. I don't know. Interesting. Um, I think that it fits um, – it's one of those things that actually mirrors the story in a lot of ways. The story is a very it's a very dark story just in terms of the color palette and the way that it's shot. It's a lot of night shoots. Um, in fact, I think the whole thing takes place during at night except for the part where uh, Clara goes to the governess and then visits the uh, and the Madame flashback. I think and that's the flashback. About it. Um, but uh, I f- I find that I don't like it as m- I certainly don't like it as much as the fit as the uh, the one that they did for series five and six the pond TARDIS I guess you can call it right and I certainly don't like it as much as the Davies TARDIS um I really I really don't like it as much as that I like that it has a ceiling or at least that they showed a ceiling um but other than that it's just one of those things where it's like I like just a weird hodge I like a TARDIS that's more hodgepodgey than this is this is very sci-fi very technical um and see I think it's I think it's very much a callback to like 
classic Who more than more than any other TARDIS. Sure, uh, that's and been I, in the new new show, and I kind of dig that. Like, like the 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 dual callback of like the 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 return of the face and the main titles, and then this new TARDIS interior. Like, it feels like Moffat is is really like I feel like this is more than anything what he's wanted the show to be mm-hmm. as a fan. Like, mm-hmm. I feel I feel like he was like with five and six. It almost seems like that was. Uh, that was his, uh, his vision of like what a new Doctor Who would be. And now this is like, now he's just like, okay, now I'm just going to fanboy all over this because I get this weird feeling that he's not going to be around much longer. Um, Mm -hmm. like I have this weird feeling that he's going to be hanging up his hat soon. So he's getting out all of this fan stuff that he's wanted to do and, and hasn't because he's been trying to woo in new new viewers and now he's not worried about that so much. So he's just doing whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just, it's this overwhelming feeling of classic who that I'm getting. And I got from this episode, uh, in like little minor things. Yeah. Um, and I, and I agree that the console, like the console honestly reminds me very much of like a, like the fifth doctor console. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you ever go back and watch the, the fifth doctor stories, um, mm-hmm. it's very, it's like it's lights. like a it's like a perfect combination of the the fifth and the seventh no eighth eighth doctors yeah eighth doctor yeah, yeah. um it's it's very much like a bridge between those two yeah um because the seventh doctor didn't really change either um right yeah but, yeah, yeah I meant eighth sorry uh, yeah, yeah the the, okay. the Wellesian one yeah 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 very much like the seventh doctor um well the seventh doctor was in the eighth doctor movie so it kind of counts um, oh yeah there you go. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, it does remind me a lot. It reminded me a lot of the fifth doctor one actually, because it just the buttons and the sci-fi of it. And and mm-hmm. it's like, that's fine. But like, I mean, I did grow up on the Davies TARDIS. Like that's where I cut my teeth as, do- as a doctor who fan. And I didn't really watch any classic who stories until after I'd watched journey's end. So I basically went through four seasons of that TARDIS. So that's like my version, my vision of the TARDIS. It's very much like a, a hodgepodge. Um, that's more of like an together. organic thing. Yeah. 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 Um, but like, and then you get to the, the one that was the pond TARDIS and the pond TARDIS was pretty good. I mean, I really, really, really like the pond TARDIS, especially for the scope. Um, but I don't like, I mean, I, I like that the TARDIS has buttons, but I don't like the sci-fi of it. Like I'd rather it be more weird. Um, I like the TARDIS being like this weird, like organic machine. Cause it is a living creature. That's just in box form. Um, right. <laughs> I think so, what I like about it, I, I think what I like about it is that, I mean, again, we'll talk about the story in a minute, but the, I mean, the theme of what they're trying, now, whether or not they pulled it off is another story, uh, but, but the theme of the story is that, like, uh, that the doctor has stripped away his humanity, mm-hmm. um, and he's, he's just, he's being, like, full-on alien uh, mm-hmm. at this point, and so I, I, I like that the TARDIS interior reflects that. Yeah. And um, it's got like Time Lord symbols all over the top. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is, which is really, I mean, I, if nothing else, like that's just like, oh, I am pure fanboy right now. Yeah. Because there's never, I don't think there's ever been um, Time Lord symbols in the TARDIS before. Um, as, as far as I can remember, I don't think that's, that's the case. Then again, Gallifreyan language is a mostly recent construct as far as I can imagine it. Um, but it is, I mean, it is significant and interesting. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's okay. I don't hate it. I certainly didn't dislike it as much when they go in. I wish, I wish I hadn't seen it before I saw the episode so I could make a better 
judgment based that wasn't my snap judgment um mm-hmm. uh but, but i mean i'm sure it'll grow on me i mean most things tend to grow on me in general especially with doctor who like and it's just one of those things where it's like you just want what you had before but and i like that it's something new i like that it does feel like a submarine i mean despite the fact that that's not my choice aesthetic like my t- favorite tardis is still um the hinchcliffe holmes gothic tardis that looks oh, like a cathedral that's the best one so um, good and I wish that I wish that Moffat had gone for something more, like I, not just him, but I just wish that they had done something more interesting with it than than like just something that fits into the um, the dynamic and the ethos. Where I think that the pawn Tardis really reflected the pawns and the thing that Moffat was going for at the time. I'm wondering how this reflects that beyond just being a fan winky thing, and maybe it's just a fan winky thing, but it is a much darker TARDIS, and I wonder if that's going to reflect in the storytelling too. Um, I, I don't know because that coming soon uh, trailer that we saw—I mean, it's not nothing looked fun. If you know what I mean, <laughs> you know, like I yeah. felt like it was stripped of all of the the fun and wonder that the um, all of the the previous coming soon trailers from like series five and six had. Yeah. So I, I wonder if that's not indicative of of how those uh, how the remainder of series seven will feel. Yeah, and I think that you're not wrong about that, um, which is which is interesting. And I mean, if this is any indication, we are looking at a darker show in general, mm-hmm. um, which I don't mind. Like I'm, I'm interested in in something new and different. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's. Uh, I think I think that's good. so thumbs mostly up on the TARDIS. Like I don't hate it. I just yeah. think I just I just like other TARDISes more. Um, sure. And it's and it has it needs to it needs to grow on me. Unlike the like when I I stayed away from the Pond TARDIS and when I saw the Pond TARDIS for the first time I was just like how is this story getting any better right now? Yeah. Like <laughs> I know it was the same for me. Um, All right. So before we uh, actually get started on our discussion of the episode of The Snowman, this reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase our book of the month, Black Sad Volume 1 by Juan Diaz-Canales and Juan Yo Granito. It's available for $16.49, which is 45% off the suggested retail price of $29.99. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. All right, so uh, The Snowmen. Uh, Here's what I'll say about this. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm fairly sure that Matt is somehow psychic. I I, I do what I can. I I can't. (laughs) How? Like, I I, I love that I finished it, and I was just like, when when it called itself The Intelligence, I was like, yeah, when it and, and 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 Bethany was like, "What?" and I was like, "Uh, I can't believe this is happening right now." And she's like, "What?" and I was like, "You don't, I I can explain it, but you won't understand." So I'll explain it later. And and then like it said the intelligence again, and then it came out that it was the great intelligence, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It's like Matt is a psychic genius. Yeah, uh, I knew that this was coming. Um, I've known that this was coming for the past two years since <laughs> I came up with the original, the original, um, the original plan. Because the, here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, I did not. I had no idea this was coming. I had no idea. No I idea. That- I, I, no, although I wonder if this wasn't the basis of the rumors that the Yeti were coming back. Remember that rumor? Yeah, I do. I bet I you that's what this is. I think that's not I think that's not incorrect because yeah. I think someone someone said that but it's also like it's the snowmen. And like it's funny because when we were when we were like oh we're doing the abominable snowmen before the snowmen we were like oh that's really kind of weird and coincidental. It's like 
weird and coincidental. Like, weird and weird and weird and coincidental because I had no idea that was coming. I knew that Ian McKellen was going to show up. I just didn't know how. Um, but, like, I did not know that the intelligence was going to show up. And when when they said intelligence, I'm like, oh, my God, are they doing that? And then when he said – when he pulled out the map of the London Underground, I was like – yeah, there it is. That <laughs> is confirmed. And then I, but then it made it so that when when um when Jenny and Vaster at the end are just like, but why would it need to have corporeal form on Earth? And what will it need to do with the London Underground? I was just like, well, I've been here, guys. I know that they needed to do that for the pure fan winkiness of it all, just right. to like hammer it home. But I was definitely like, eh, I don't, I don't need you to tell me that because I already figured it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But seriously, I don't know what the hell happened. I really don't. Because that was totally – that is the biggest accident I've ever seen in my life. I have I cannot believe that happened. 160 Doctor Who stories to pick. Three days before this airs, we pick that one. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's uh, crazy. It's creepy, man. This is weird. It's that's so a weird. huge, crazy coincidence. Uh, <laughs> I just I, – <laughs> Oh my god. Like you sent me the text, you're like, Have you watched it yet? And I was like, Yes. And you're just like, The Great Intelligence? Are you kidding me? Like all in caps. Because <laughs> I knew that you would be freaking out too, man. Yeah. No, I was freaked. I couldn't believe it. I was like, Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's so insane. So That's insane. so insane. Not only that, like Okay, the Great Intelligence has not shown up since 1968, I think. And and in both times that it showed up, those stories don't exist. Yeah, there's two episodes between the between the twelve episodes across two stories. Like it's like, and he chose that to bring back. Yeah, yeah, which um, is fine, but it's just like, oh my god. Like, no, no, I just sh- I know, but it's just like sometimes you realize Stephen Moffat's a fan. Oh, <laughs> such a fan, such yeah. such a such a fan. Um. And, like, I don't know, this reminds me a lot of, um, I mean, that aspect of it reminds me a lot of, like, Butcher of Brisbane, I suppose, in that Butcher of Brisbane is both a sequel and a prequel. This is a sequel and a prequel, which I kind mm-hmm. of like Doctor Who doing um, mm-hmm. uh, in its own weird way. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was so, that's so weird. Like, that's the weirdest, weirdest thing in the world. I can't believe they did that. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm still like, jeez. And it's not like it's not like they brought back the great intelligence. And that's not what I'm talking about. Like, that they brought back the great intelligence. Fine. It's just weird that we talked about it three days earlier. Yeah. Like, <laughs> three days earlier. Yeah. No, it was, it's, that's insane. It really is insane. Um, okay, so we should probably talk about the story. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, so here, my, my overall thoughts of the snowmen is basically uh I liked it more than the the Doctor Widow in the wardrobe. Um I really liked the aesthetic of it. I thought that a lot of the dialogue was lazy um and bland and I feel like he could have tried a little harder making Clara stand out outside of Amy. Uh, cause she really just feels like Amy part two and I, uh, I, but, but like for the most part, I enjoyed it for the most part. I enjoyed like a lot of the magic of it. I think that the resolution was lame. Um, and I thought that, but, but like at the same time, I don't really care how he defeats the snowmen because like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't. I didn't care about the snowmen. Like the snowmen were like prisoner zero. Like it just, 
it doesn't matter, you know? Like, there's such a minor thing that it just, I, it just, I didn't care. Um, mm-hmm. I was more interested in how, how uh, Claire was going to become a companion. So my biggest disappointment in this is that we don't actually get that answer. Mm-hmm. That kind of bugs me. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. it doesn't kind of bug me. It bugs me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I liked how everything was set up. I liked that we were going to get a companion from the past. I thought that was really interesting. And now we're not. And now we're getting Claire from the future or something. I don't mm-hmm. – that doesn't really make any sense. And I'm like, no, really, Moffat, it, it's fine. You could, just, you could just pick someone up and they can just be the companion. They don't have to be weird and quirky and come from some strange background. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so that's my that's my thoughts. I have just made lots of mixed feelings. But like for the most part, like it's not like I watched it. It was wasn't entertained. Like I I liked what I was watching. I think I just think that all the pieces separately, uh, they don't taste so great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The first time I watched this, um, I watched it. Uh, we're recording this two days after Christmas. I watched it on Christmas Day, um, mm-hmm. and then I watched it today, having sat through it. And I, I'll also point out that I did have like an hour long, hour and a half long conversation with someone about Doctor Who um, yesterday, and in which I did talk about this a little bit. Um, uh, the first time I watched this, I enjoyed watching it, and then I sat around and I thought about it, and I basically. I drove home from San Diego to Los Angeles and had two hours to basically listen to some podcasts and basically stew over my thoughts on this story. And I came off really, really, really disappointed, Um, like really, really like not liking it very much at all, like more than Dr. Widow. But mostly the problem with Dr. Widow is that I am left so apathetic by Dr. Widow that I just don't care. Like Mm -hmm. I just I really I I really, really, really don't care. And that's the worst thing a Doctor Who story can do. Um or any piece of art for that matter. Um, so watching it again, I came at it very cynically. Um, I came at it very, very, very cynically. Like, okay, show me what you got. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take down all the things that I don't like, all the things that I do like. Um, and I actually found that when I watched it again, I liked this probably the most out of any Moffat story going back to Day of the Moon. Um, and I think yeah. I'll say that. No, I, I 100% agree with that. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that this is a good new direction for the show. I don't like a couple of things that he did in here. I mean, I know that's not technically surprising because Moffat doesn't really change. Writers don't really change. They just kind of refine themselves. Um, uh, and I agree about the resolution. I agree about the snowmen. In fact, I think that the snowmen were rubbish. Um, then again, I think that that's a weird com- like uh, commentary on the Yeti themselves because the Yeti also didn't do anything um, mm-hmm. in Abominable Snowmen. Except they did in Web of Fear. But they didn't in Abominable Snowman um, uh, because the intelligence is just like this weird sphere that just kind of sits there and has thoughts. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I didn't I didn't I didn't like the resolution. I liked the bring back of the of the intelligence. But I thought that um, Dr. Simeon was a waste of time. um, And I thought that the resolution was bogus. That said, the stuff with the doctor and Clara was amazing. Uh, across the board, best stuff of this, and the best stuff that I've seen Stephen Moffat write since Day of the Moon. Um, yeah, I think my I think my biggest problem with it is uh, he that just is, that she's not the real companion. Well, that she's not the real companion, and that like Moffat just can't write women who aren't too cool for school. Mm-hmm. You know, like they feel like Quentin Tarantino characters, mm-hmm. where they're just they're just awesome all the time without even trying. Yeah. 
And it just it bugs me. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's like very... why, why is she quipping to the to the frozen lady as she's being taken away on the ladder? Like, it's mm-hmm. dumb. It's dumb. Yeah, it's, it's cheesy male... and it's not cool. Yeah, it's male wish fulfillment fantasy. Yeah, um, and I don't which like is that. which I I did have a problem with, but I guess we're going to talk about Claire later. So I'll just I'll yeah. save those thoughts later. But I agree. I agree that I really dislike the way that it jerks me around. And I mean, I know that this is my interpretation and my expectations of mm-hmm. coming into the story and saying, oh, Clara, this is Clara. She's <clears> a new <throat> companion. Like, I, too, was looking forward to something that was out of the ordinary, a companion plucked through time. We haven't done that in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we haven't done that since Turlo, I want to say, because everyone else, every other companion has been a modern current companion not counting one-offs um right so and turlo and even that turlo is an alien if you want to go back for a displaced from time i think you're gonna have to go back to leela um which is really far back um and i don't i don't love i don't love that um i think that i think that it, it he had a good thing and he kind of squandered it um but it's one of those things where it's like i watch this and i'm like oh this is the first companion story and i guess the twist is like oh but i'm killing her off ha 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 and then it's like oh but no we're gonna get her back um i find that that is dramatically really dissatisfying um uh-huh. just from just because and it's like i know that it's like oh but i came to care about her and then you killed her off and it's like okay you did that but this is the second time you've done that with this character we're going to get a third version and it's like i have i care less about the third version because you've put me on my guard about it like you yeah. just you've really jerked me around a little too exactly. much exactly um, what i'm hoping for from it though is that it's going to be a plot that he just resolves and at this point i really don't care what the resolution is i just don't i mm-hmm. like cuz i know it's going to be stupid and convoluted so i don't i don't care if he surprises <laughs> me great but I mean, he's not going to it's just going to be stupid and convoluted Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, you know, it's it's like Robot Doctor. It's going to be like Robot Clara or something. I don't know. It's going to be dumb. <laughs> um, go, everyone go look at your theories that one of them is going to be correct. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, like, I, <laughs> uh, but I, my hope is that whatever the resolution is, I, like I said, don't care what it is. I, I think it'll be, my, I hope it'll be resolved by the end of Series 7. Yeah. And then that way, because I think he's going to then turn his attention to the 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 fields of whatever and the and and the question doctor who and all that for the 50th mm-hmm. um so hopefully we'll we'll be able to abandon her whole thing and then that way when the doctor regenerates and she's the companion for that doctor then the focus will be on the do- the new doctor instead of her and maybe then we'll finally get a season where it's just the doctor and his companion mhm which would be really nice Yes, agreed. <laughs> agreed. Um, uh, yes, yeah. I'll talk. I'll talk more about Clara more, but I, I agree. I think that that's like I, yeah. I agree about that. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I agree. Like I liked that was all the stuff that I liked the best was the stuff with with the two of them. Um, I liked the one word sequence, the one weird uh, thing where she was mm-hmm. answering the questions with one word. I really liked that, and I liked the end of that. Like the the pond, like I loved that. That was perfect. Oh, um, I hated that. <laughs> yo, you hated that. I hated that because I was like, I was like, because it's just like, it's just like, what does pond mean to anyone about anything? Like, it's just like it means something to the doctor, but like, why pick that word? Like, why would Clara pick that word? Because pond that was means- the that was the thing. He was, she was saying that the person was frozen in the pond. 
I guess, but it's just like it's just like that's it's just it just felt really contrived. Like it just felt very, very, very contrived to me, and I didn't like that. Like I yeah. and I and I disliked it both times because it's like one of those things where. But it's but it's written because the problem is it's written from the perspective. It feels very, very, very written from the perspective of like watching it. Like you can tell that Moffat just picks this word because it's the thing that's going to get the doctor going more than it is that Claire is talking about this pond. But see, I would argue that. There, one, there would be no other word that she could say. And two, she's saying it because she's hoping, like, he would be like, well, what's so interesting about a pond? But then in the context of the show, it's saying that she's meant to be a companion because she said the one word that would get the doctor's attention. And she didn't even mean to. Sure. And I, I see all that. I agree. It just still left a sour taste in my mouth both times. Okay, well... Yeah, I know, I know. I'm weird, I'm weird, I'm imperfect. Please don't leave bad iTunes for me. <laughs> for me, not liking the word pond, please. No, and I mean, I see your point. I guess I'm just... I, I'm I'm really trying hard, like really trying hard not to come at this show from a cynical place as I have been. Like, sure. I was really trying to take this episode as like a new leaf and really giving Moffat a second shot and and giving and just like going in knowing what I'm in for a little more and not expecting more than what I know Ag- Moffat is capable of now. Ag- agreed, agreed. And I I did the same thing in both times. Pond was really just one like a bridge too far for me. Just yeah. Like, see, okay. for me, it was the little quippy, uh, the little quippy uh, dialogue things that he would do that annoyed me like the Mm -hmm. just like the we're too cool for school things and i hated the sherlock holmes thing oh god i I hated i hated the sherlock holmes thing like that's the the, that is the ultimate pandering like yeah that is the ultimate pandering like if anyone wants to know that's like meta pandering like yeah yeah super it's like it's like really i i i'm gonna get in trouble for this word but i just find it really gross like i find it really really gross and very very cynical because it's like he's like i just want to see the doctor dressed up like like sherlock holmes it's like well he did that already, and they, uh, and they and call back the music from Sherlock. Yeah, in the music like, that's playing when he comes through just, the door. I'm just like, like, oh, gross, Moffat. Gross. Yeah, it's it's really like it's really masturbatory. Like it's really like you don't need to do that. Like the doctor yeah. himself can like just it's so it's so ridiculous. And then of course he's out of that outfit very quickly. Yeah. Like so you did it for like one scene. If you're gonna do the Sherlock thing. Fine, go full bore. Look at Talons of Wang Chang. Talons yeah. of Wang Chang had the Duck Hunter hat or the the Duck Cat. I don't care. I don't know what that's called. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> he's in that outfit from episode one to episode six. You do not see the scarf ever, yeah. ever. This is like this is like you know costume changes, and then he does the and then he does the Sherlock Holmes thing, and then he has the bow tie. It's like if you're gonna do it, stick with it. Doesn't matter. Like, but on just, the, I no, I agree with all of that. But on the other side of that. Uh, in in a in a other Sherlock related thing, I actually did like the the uh, uh, the uh, the hinting at the idea that uh, the uh, that Madame Vastra is the basis for Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. I kind I really dug that. Sure, sure. But then, they, but then they're like, oh, that's not good enough though. We have to see the Doctor dressed up like. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes and yeah. I hated that that was awful yeah it was it was just really pandery and then it just I, I did not like that scene at all um, no. very much at all very much at all yeah yeah okay. um yeah no but I, I I liked the the ladder thing and I like yes I love the spiral staircase up to the cloud and the and the TARDIS hiding up there though I do not believe that Clara 
would have hid from the doctor and then ran back down the stairs. She totally would have snuck into the TARDIS. Yeah. yeah. Like in that moment when she was doing that and like uh, Bethany, my girlfriend, was like, why is she hiding from him? And I was like, I think she's going to sneak into the TARDIS. Like she's going to he's going to come following her around. And then he followed her around and then she ran around. And I was like, oh, see, here it goes. And then she ran down the stairs. And I was like, wait, really? Yeah, and the only reason for that was because she's not ready to enter the TARDIS. Like, yeah, and that's so is, dumb. Like, yeah, it's really dumb. That's that's a that's that's a uh, that's a uh, very obvious uh, uh, example of Moffat not letting his characters talk to him. Uh, sure. Instead, sure. he's just making his. He's the great intelligence, and he's making his characters move around like little puppets. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I think that that's like. I mean, that's the problem because then it's because like then it's like. I just don't believe that she would, you know, follow him as far as she did, climb a spiral staircase, walk on a cloud, and not go into the weird blue box that he walks out of. Yeah. Like, there's no just way. do a home invasion. Just do a home invasion. Who cares? Yeah. Like, who cares? <laughs> but yeah. yes, the cloud, the stuff on the cloud was really good. The stuff on the staircase, like, the first time I watched it, I did watch it from a very cynical place. But looking at it again, it's just like, it's just like, oh, this is what you want from the Moffat era. You want him doing God Among the Clouds stuff. Yeah. Like, that is that is what you want, and I find that I liked it more the second time from that. See, I can like things. Um, <laughs> I can like things that Stephen Moffat writes, and like that's the, the and that's like every, when I watched it again, I was just like, no, this is this is really the stuff that I want from Moffat, like that sort of big idea, um, because it was contrived to get to there, but at the same time, it, it paid off, and the ladder was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, although she was able to reach the ladder the first time, she didn't need an umbrella the first time, so. I don't well, know. but she had What's to jump that? like twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not that far off the ground, though. That's what I'm saying. No. Then again, she jumps like a Victorian, which I really liked. Like the first jump was a very weak jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't look very tall at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh but uh, I don't know. What else? What else do you have to say about this? Uh, I guess we should talk about the return of Strax, Jenny, and Vastra because. Yeah. No, and I'll I'll tell you why because uh, I wish that Moffat thought of a good reason to bring those characters back. Um, Is it just me, or does it feel like he's trying desperately to make his own Torchwood? I guess I guess it does, but at the same time, like this is in no way anywhere near what a backdoor Torchwood pilot would look like. Like to the point where it's almost like he actively attempted not to do that. Um, excepting the scene at the beginning where Vastra and Jenny are investigating Snow and talking to Dr. Simeon, um, uh, which is very, very, very early on. Like, Vastra did nothing in this. Like, nothing. Mm-hmm. Even the part where, like, she, like, literally gets an opportunity to whip out her sword at the end, she literally goes down in the first two seconds. Um, Jenny was also a waste of time. And then Strax was played as purely comic relief, which I think is really good, but then after a while kind of got annoying to me. Um, it did. Because I wish... Th- I, I just, like, look, I have no problem with comic characters. I just wish that you do something more with them than just make them joke machines. Um, yeah. I liked the first sequence with him where, where it ends where he's just like, I think I just got run over by a cab. Like... That was really funny. Like, I love yeah. that whole sequence. But then later when he's just like, uh, you know, he well, threatens we her. the house now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he threatens her and then asks for her coat, you know, and like just stuff mm-hmm. like that just bugged me. Yeah. Like, and if you're going to have the Centauran, just do some. I, f- I feel like it's just like just do something with them. And the same thing with Vastra. Like, 
when I t- again when I talk about Moffat pandering, the thing I talk about is like that sort of thing where he is including that just so that people will go, "Oh, I love these characters." And it's like, "But why?" Like what did, like Vasher and Jenny were way more interesting in Good Man Goes to War and they were in it way less. Like you throw them here and they have nothing to do. They're literally plot devices to get things from one point to the other. Um and it's just like that's not what I want from these characters if I wanted to spin off from them. And honestly, I kind of don't. Like they need to throw in more interesting things for me to like about them for me to want that yeah. um, and I get that I'm the I'm the voice of dissent on that and I get that people like it but it's like do you like it because it's a Victorian like a a Silurian in Victorian times who hunts serial killers and her wife with a uh, a, a Centauran medic who likes insulting people or do you like it because you like things that they do like because mm-hmm. they didn't do anything here and that was kind of a it felt like a waste and I knew it would be a waste but I I hate I, I, it just rubbed me the wrong way I just didn't like that mm-hmm. um, that being said I, would, I, I I still think that there's room for a Centauran story where John Rice Davies plays a Centauran yeah oh there's absolutely room for that <laughs> in what world is that not an option like in what world is that not a thing that I want at all like that's so ridiculous how dare you think otherwise <laughs> I was just I just thought of it and wanted to say it. Yeah, no, they should do a they should do a first Centauran story where John Rice Davis John Rice Davies actually like is the first Centauran. Like that would be really interesting. I know oh. the Big Finish did a first Centauran story, but I haven't heard it yet. It wasn't um, very good. I'm sorry. You're the one person I've heard uh, have heard who said that it wasn't very good. I I heard a, a lot of people really liked it, but uh, okay. I'm still listening. I'll get I'll get to it. I'll get to it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, um, the one other thing that I guess we should talk about besides the fact, well, I'll, I'll also mention the doctor really quickly. Um, I didn't love Matt Smith in this and I don't know if that's because I have grown disillusioned with his doctor at this point, but I just didn't think he was great. I thought he was okay. I thought he had good moments, but it's just like, you know what my problem is with him in this? I feel like we were getting a, uh, a, a, a personality of the doctor best of episode. Like, like the when we first see him and he like throws on the glasses and goes and checks out the snowmen i felt like i was watching peter davison and then mm-hmm. there would be a point later like when he's in the when he's in the tardis and he's reading and he's like what does she say what 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 and he's being like angry i was like that's sylvester mccoy and then like throughout the episode there were a bunch of moments where i was just like this doesn't feel like one person this feels no, it doesn't. this feels like like you know uh, ten different people, and mm-hmm. uh, and for no reason like the even the scene when he comes in as Sherlock Holmes felt very like if it wasn't for the Sherlock Holmes outfit it felt very tenety, um, mm-hmm. and it's just like he had like he was never Matt Smith in this he was every other Doctor it was really weird. Yeah, and it's like, and it's one of those things where it just, I don't know, it just feels to me like he just doesn't have like a, like, it just doesn't feel like they're writing an 11th Doctor, which I guess is fine, because I guess they're writing the Doctor, but it just doesn't feel like anything makes sense congenially, yeah. that, like, it just it just doesn't come together, which is really kind of a bummer. I mean, like, even the stuff with the puppets, like, he, he at one point he introduces himself via puppetry, yeah. and it was just like, that was just the like, most Matt Smithy thing. I think that it did. was the most Matt Smithy thing, but it was also the thing that I really hated most about the Doctor in this. Oh, it made God. no sense. It, was, <laughs> it made no sense. Like, it was, was it like, was awful, and it and it gave me like flashbacks to uh, Doctor Widow in the wardrobe. Yeah, it was easily the most Doctor Widow, and like if I had to think of one, I was like, oh, Cat in the Hat Doctor, it's back. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I had to think of one story that perfectly exemplifies everything that's wrong with his Doctor, it's that story, and that was straight out of that story. Uh-huh. Like. 
just where it was like it was like Moffat's like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna do the puppet thing and it's gonna be really cool and I know that the puppet thing is a big callback to like some British thing I forget what it's called I know it I know what it is um but it's still just like it's still watching I'm just like I I don't I don't have any interest in this guy doing this like I just don't care yeah um and that's my and that's my that's my sad thing about it um but I didn't I didn't I don't know I didn't like him but I loved all the stuff with him and Clara like all the stuff with him and Clara like. It just feels like Matt Smith is really bored by everything that isn't with her because she's, like, the new thing in his life. Um, mm-hmm. Like, him as an actor. Um, I feel like she's the new thing, and she and she's the thing that he bounces off of really well. Mm-hmm. But when he's not with her, like, I just felt like it was very listless. Like, mm-hmm. part of going into this story, people were like, oh, it's this, it's this guy who's given up on everything. It's a very nihilistic doctor, or nihilistic, I guess, if you want to go for mm-hmm. the different pronunciation. I don't know how it's pronounced. Like, it's a very nihilistic doctor, but it's like, that doesn't fit in with anything. that Like, he doesn't know how to play that. Um, and it's one of those things where it's interesting to see Matt Smith's limitations, mm-hmm. because him in the first half is not very interesting. Um, right. Uh, but when he showed up again and was hanging with Claire, like it was much, much more interesting. Yeah, because I would um, say my favorite thing that he did in this for me was when he's checking out the pond and then sees her in the window and then like starts acting like uh like a like a boy about to ask a girl out on a date. Mm-hmm. Like that was the that was the best part of this of his performance in this episode for me mm-hmm. because it was the one moment where I was like, oh, there's Matt Smith's doctor. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, I think that the only thing I, – I, I mean, I really liked it. I don't think that was my favorite moment. It's, like, my second favorite. I think my favorite was him on the rooftop with Clara, I think, was my favorite. Um, like, when he hands her the umbrella and says, what happens next? Um, mm-hmm. All the way from there, all the way through when she gets pulled off the cloud was all my favorite stuff. Yeah, me. I liked um, – I loved all that stuff, too. Yeah. I just really felt good. like – I think the reason I like the other moment more, slightly more, just slightly, is because it's so Matt Smith's doctor. Whereas that other thing, I could see just about any other doctor do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but that <laughs> other thing, that is that is specific to Matt Smith's doctor. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Um, then again, I guess I'm just re- – that just says to me that I've given up on Matt Smith's doctor and I'm just really starved for the doctor. Um, sure. Sure. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's my personal problem because it's one of those things where it's like in order to get to a place with a doctor where you can let the doctor just cut loose as an actor and be the whatever doctor – you need to get him to a place where I buy him as the doctor and then take him to the special um, where mm-hmm. I feel like they just jump to they just jump from zero to 60. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You guys haven't. Re- you guys need to re-earn me buying him as the doctor before I can take him to that level again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just that's just my thing. I also think that they should have at some point set up more uh, of like where we are in the doctor's lifespan. Um, like how long has it been for the doctor since the pawns left? Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, I was I couldn't figure it out because for me it just feels like two months, and it feels like there's uh, lots changed in two months. Whereas yeah. if they had said like, "Oh, I've been traveling alone for three hundred years," then mm-hmm. that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, it's weird that Moffat didn't didn't do that because if you look at um. If you look at the span of time between God Complex, Closing Time, and Wedding of River Song, there's the implication that there's been 200 years in that span of time. Mm-hmm. And I f- and, and from a very – I guess it's cynical, but I don't I, – I, I try not to think of it as cynical. Um, from a very, I guess, sp- cynical perspective, I view that as Moffat leaving space for character – for other writers to come in and tell – 
stories within that span of time. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Peter Davison doesn't have any of that span. He has one minor bit at the end of Frontios where you can insert any number of stories you want, but Matt Smith kind of doesn't have that. And I think that that's kind of where that goes. That's where you can slot every single River Doctor story ever is in that 200 years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like there's that sort of thing going on, but there's also the implication that the Doctor hasn't left in a while. He's been here for a very, very long time. Um, and I, and I, or not very, very long. It's been like probably a year or two because this is not the first time that someone's undergone the one word test. They imply that there's a number of people who have done it before. Right. Um, and I, I agree. I wonder how long a span it's been. Um, but I don't think it's been like crazy long. I think it's only been probably about a year or two years. Maybe, which is a long time to wallow. I'd get, I, I'm shocked that he doesn't get bored and just leave at a certain point. Right. Um, cause he's so prone to being bored. Like he's just really like stewing, which is really kind of, uh, weird. Right. And I think um, it's weird also that, that, uh, Vastrogeny and Strax are fine just sort of being his assistants. Mm-hmm. Like it's Agreed. weird. Cause he's like, he's like, uh, he's sort of like president of this company. <laughs> And she's like, she's like saying, well, you can't, you don't talk to the president. I talk to the president for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah. very, that's very much what it feels like to me. Like, you know, Vastra is like the, uh, I don't know, like the, the VP or something. Yeah. The VP. And then, and then Jenny is like her executive assistant. assistant and then yeah. Strax is like the male guy <laughs> <laughs> or like the intern or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but but like that's what it feels like, and it's like why 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 are you okay with that, guys? Yeah, they seem really really down with like no, nah, this is just how it is. It's like no, guys, you saw him before do some crazy stuff. Yeah. Like don't like it's just weird seeing such complacency from characters who seem to care about him so much. Right, and I guess that they're like he's wallowing. Right. But again, that also gets you into the place where it's like, did the pawns really mean that much to you? Yeah, like, it's just like, which is a and huge you have to, problem for us. Yeah, like, because I, I, I don't buy him being this despondent over it. Because he's just like, the world's not fair. And it's like, really? So, so War Games, Caves of Androzani, Planet of the Spiders, Legopolis, um, all those stories just meant nothing to you? Like, yeah. Nothing? Gods and Monsters meant nothing to you? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the thing that kills me. It's like, no, he can be sad, but he does get over it. I mean, look at... Look at, you know, the end of series two to series three, you know, like he he's sad that Rose is stuck in this side universe. But, you know, he meets Martha and he's like, oh, yeah, more fun. Let's have fun. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like the solution to being sad. I mean, it's the it's like the theme of the body, like the Buffy episode, the body, um, where the theme is like, what do you do in the span after someone's died? Like, what do you do with that time? Because nothing seems to matter. And the 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 key point of a certain uh, one of the acts of that episode is they all go to Willow's room, and at a certain point, Xander punches the wall, and suddenly everyone's much more active and able to forget their troubles because they take their mind off of it. And it's like the second the Doctor is able to take his mind off anything, he can suddenly bounce back. Um, and that's the point of Donna showing up the Runaway Bride. Like, why do- the Doctor needed that? Because suddenly he's able to forget that just a second ago he was saying goodbye to the uh, supposed love of his life. This it's like I don't buy that the Doctor doesn't get into any sort of mix-up or discussion of that. But it is interesting that Claire is the one who brings him out of it. I like that, and it's inter- and like I'll buy anything so long as it gets me to an emotionally real place. I mean, I liked season two of Homeland, um, but <laughs> but. 
you know, it's just it's just weird. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't buy into the conceit, and they didn't earn that conceit from me, so I come at it from a very, like, mm-hmm. I didn't buy it way. And because of that, like, it just falls a little flat to me. Right. And also, like, I don't care if you're the one who killed the Moth Moffat. You can't just bring somebody back by saying, oh, we brought him back. Oh, that was the worst. That was so that dumb. Was the, I'm sorry. You killed worst. Strax off. You killed him. You can't just say, oh, yeah, he's back. So, like, and, and the doctor's just like, eh, someone did it. Like, it's just like, no, why are, where is the solution? Like, there's, it's just, and then you're bringing him back just to bring him back. It's like, oh, my God, like, do something with it. Like, uh-huh. just do something with it. Anyways, less complaining. Let's talk about Clara, because I think that that's the one thing that we haven't completely explored. Right. Yeah. No. So, um, I, uh, I, I'm not crazy about her arc, but I'm trying best to ignore it. Um, about whatever this arc is, uh, but I loved her in this. I love, I love the way her and the doctor interact other than the kissing, which I'm really getting tired of. Um, oh, I, I could go on for about the kissing. My God. I hate the kissing. Well, my problem with the kissing is not that my problem with the kissing is ironically not that he, that she kisses him. Fine. She kisses him. My problem with the kissing is, like, the doctor is married. Don't cheat on your wife. <laughs> like, that's honestly, that is my problem with it. Because I like, thought that, doctor- too. But then at the same time, like, I'm at a place where I'm like, well, is he married? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're not wrong about that. But it's one of those things where it's like, angels take Manhattan. Like, they want me to believe that she's married. And, like, this is the next story. Like, this is the very next story that's happening. And he's suddenly being all romantic and stuff. And it's like... I'm much I'm much happier in a place where the Doctor and River Song are fake married, like where they're not really married and the Doctor's just playing along because, mm-hmm. ah, good, you're so – go get her, champ. You know, like really, yeah. <laughs> really condescending. Um, so I buy that, but it's one of those things where it's like that, this is the last thing you showed me of the Doctor. The last thing you showed me of the Doctor was him dealing with Amy Pond and being married and in a relationship. Like you don't get to do that. Like you don't get to do that and have the Doctor like enjoy it and not feel really guilty about it. Like then it's, then it's really vaguely sociopathic or, you know <laughs> – cheater and that and it just bothered me like it just really bothered me from that perspective more than it was like she's kissing him because i'm like okay well it's a moffat companion of course she's gonna want to snog him like of course it's gonna happen oh so. i hate that um no i hate everything about it so i just don't want it to happen <laughs> i don't i don't want romance in my doctor who unless it's between companions i just i just don't fair want enough it. i don't fair want enough, it fair enough um so yeah, no, but I I do like their uh, interactions. I like mm-hmm. their chemistry. I think they have good yeah. chemistry. They have great. They have great chemistry. I think better chemistry than Karen Gillan and Matt Smith did. Like, yeah, for reals. Like you can see them just sparking every second that they're standing next to each other, mm-hmm. and it's it's nice seeing a fresh face. It's I thought that she did a great job with like the curiosity, the <sighs> the bounciness, the excitement, the the freshness. Mm-hmm. Um, it just all felt really good and felt so much like a companion introduction story. And I know that the punchline is, ah, but she dies at the end. Um, but then you kind of cheat out of it by saying, oh, but there's going to be a third Clara who's going to be real Clara. And you, it's like, it's just, I'm just like, ah, I don't need, I don't need it. Like just, if you're going to break my heart, just break it. Don't keep jerking me around mm-hmm. like this. Like, just don't do it. Like it just, unless you're going to get me to a really interesting place. Um, 
like it, but I love, I loved her in this. I'm looking to oversee, to over, I'm trying very hard to overlook the fact that she is a barmaid for no reason. Um, she works much better as a governess because that fits so well into the Moffat tone and the Moffat aesthetic. Um, but the barmaid also fits in the Moffat aesthetic, but, but not as well. But it's just like, like I watched it the first time and I was like, nah, why did she do that? Not and just the second a barmaid, time, a secret barmaid. A secret nighttime barmaid. She's she's super barmaid, barmaid girl. Um, but like I was watching it the first, I was watching it the first time. I was like, that was weird. But the second time, it really bothered me that uh-huh. her first shot is literally her like turning around and striking a pose and then walking away. Yeah, I was like, come on, like really, you don't need to strike a pose. Like you don't need your companion to strike the pose before she shows up. Like, That's uh, I I a hundred percent blame Saul Metstein for that. Um, yeah, that's a director yeah. thing. That's yeah. that's him being like, look, everybody, the new companion. And she's just like, ah, you yeah. know, like <laughs> she's just like, God, I'm a beer wench. <laughs> like it was just it was awful. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like that. But I, I, I do. I I can't help like her personality, even though that I don't like that. It's her personality, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'd rather have someone with uh more depth, I guess, than plot, because plot doesn't mean did character depth. Uh, yes, and uh, but all she seems to have is plot, which is fine, I guess. Uh, God, that was the one thing where it's like I'm more interested in Clara as a person than what is going on with Clara. Yeah. Like, and at the end of the story, that's literally like. Like the last question that he leaves her on is, "What is going on with you?" Like, st- ah, like I'm just like I'm like I'm like I'm gonna try to let this not bother me, mm-hmm. but it has it will always bother me because Moffat is so much more interested in who is this girl than what is this girl like, you mm-hmm. know? Like it's just it's just really just bugs me, like just so bugs me, and it's going to and fine write letters, but it's it's just not what I'm interested. in. I can like, see the iTunes reviews already. I know. I see. I see many stars. All of them ones. Um, <laughs> but I did. I did love her, and I loved everything with her and the doctor. And when when he's like brings her into the TARDIS for the first time, and like when she falls. Although why that fall didn't kill her instantly, I don't know because that was a really long drop. Yeah. <laughs> also, really well, see, drop. here's I have I have a couple of problems with that sequence actually, and the reason why it's not my favorite, um, as it is yours. But I I don't like. The it's smaller on the outside. That's that's Moffat just being like, oh, I'm so clever. Like, I I could just see him cackling as he wrote that. And I just I hated it. I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, it's also like it's smaller on the outside. Look, what does that mean? Like bigger on the inside says something about it. Smaller on the outside is like. So I can understand it. Like it just doesn't. It's just it doesn't matter as much as bigger on the inside does. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it's just it's just no one would say that it's dumb. Um, and then yeah, she's falling, and the doctor sees her fall. Here's the thing: he has a time machine, and I know he's caught people in mid-fall before. Yeah, I don't understand why he let her die. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Other than. Because Stephen Moffat said she had to. <laughs> well, she had to die so that the children would cry, so the children crying would would melt the snowman. Ugh. Because nothing is sadder than children crying on Christmas. Like, <laughs> so stupid. Like, just, well, like how does uh, that even? How does that make the rain tears? It makes it tears because it's what they're thinking. They're thinking about 
crying. So crying is. Um, but okay, first of all, you don't think about crying. It should have just been like thousands of Claras like falling from the sky. There it is. <laughs> there it is. There's the explanation. That's why there's multiple Claras. <laughs> there it is. They were thinking about Clara, so Great Intelligence made a bunch of Claras, so there's Claras all through space and time. <laughs> watch that, watch be, that watch be the that solution. Be the reason. Yeah, watch that be the solution. Sorry, like, guys, I just spoiled the end of the season for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, uh, just, the, just the, there's nothing sadder than a, than a family crying on Christmas. It's like, how about death everywhere? How about just, like, just, like... Nothing. Like, just like the prevailing wisdom of nothing. Don't be sad on Christmas, guys. It's just like, it's <laughs> I, just, it's I'm just the so. I'm the hat. Oh, Smile. God. It's just, it's so, it's so like needlessly just like. Schmaltzy. And so needlessly schmaltzy. Like, just like, just like, it's one of those things where it's like, just shut up. Like, I can go with you on schmaltz. I can go with you on Governess Clara not actually having a funny voice. Um, What I can't go. What I can't go with is like just like just like nothing sadder than crying on the children crying on Christmas, where it's just like ah, you just injected like pixie sticks into my bloodstream. Like just yeah. don't, god damn, like just don't, don't do that. Because I'm fine with it otherwise, but it's like it's like ah, the solution. And it's one of those things where it's like people complain about who don't complain about the solution to this. People who don't complain about the solution to this really can never complain about any ending that Russell T Davies has ever done. Yo, ever. you're correct. Yeah, because think about, like, compare the ending here to the ending on Blink. Like, the ending on Blink is so subtly clever. The idea that you trick the angels into looking at each other. Like, that's so smart. Yeah. Um, the, the idea that you can shut down a bunch of clockwork robots by severing their ties to the future is really kind of interesting. Um, this is not that at all. Um, this, is, this is literally just... So like so oh I guess the story's over and I guess that we're gonna turn it all to tears is just like it's so dumb. This like, is so... this is very much this isn't Moffat being smart. This is Moffat being writing a kid show. That's what this is. Yeah, like which is so bizarre show. because his other his other stuff isn't like this. It mm-hmm. it's not overly schmaltzy kid show stuff. It's just not. Yeah. Well, look at, I mean, look at Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon. Impossible yeah. Astronaut Day of the Moon is literally, let's bury a silence code in the most watched piece of film footage ever. Yeah. Like, that is so ridiculously smart. Yeah. Like, that's like, oh, genius. But then you look at this and it's just like, it's just like the children, the children's crying brings down the snowmen. It's like, no. But, and that's no. the thing that kills me. It's like, they're not thinking about tears. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it, within the science that you created in this episode, that doesn't make any sense. Well, the idea is that like the the snow creates a psychic field. There's a lot of there's a lot of snow around, and the overwhelming emotion of of that brings sadness. I suppose like just the sadness turns the snow into into salt water, um, which is not like it's not like a a it's not like a terrible idea in theory. It's just like one you had the line nothing is sadder than a than a family crying on Christmas, and uh, you didn't set it up properly. Like it literally, it just feels like. Um, the Doctor Psychic Field in Last of the Time Lords, but taken to a real extreme, like a real, real extreme, like right. the I do believe in fairies ending. Um, right. So it's like if you complain about that and you don't hate this ending, like I think that you're kind of being hypocritical. Like you're just not, like you're being selective for the sake of being selective. Right. Um, and that's a bummer. Um, also, the Snowmen did nothing in this. They did nothing. They ate people um, one time. Yeah, the first three minutes, and then the rest of the time they just smiled at people, and I'm like, oh, that's scary. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's my thing. It's just like it's just like it, don't like 
It's just like they didn't just they just didn't do anything. It's like why introduce them if you're not going to have them do actually do anything. Um, also, I don't like that. I I don't know. Like, why is it always snowmen? Like they're saying, like, don't think about the snowman. Okay, so I'm going to think about the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> Should not show up then. I, I don't. I don't get it. Like what? Like why is everyone just thinking about snowmen? I don't. I don't know. Well, I think it's because the snowmen are the idea is that the great intelligence is in a bunch of particles, and the particles can form into snowmen. I think that's the idea. But it's just like, well, that wasn't quite explained. But at the same time, it's like, well, shouldn't you come up with something that's better than snow? Because like that means that means that your window to actually accomplish anything is very, very small. Like you can only do it for about three months. Right. And then Which they talk about. Over. They do bring that yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Tears at Christmas, guys. Tears at Christmas. Yeah. Um, also, the other two really cool throwbacks that I kind of like. Um, uh, well, actually, I like one of them. I really hate the other one. Apparently, Stephen Moffat is a big fan of Game of Thrones, and I know I'm not the first oh person my to say God. that. <laughs> How many times do I have to hear them say winter is coming? Uh, <laughs> and then the other one that I think I would need to mention is that um, I really do like that in a story with the great intelligence, at a certain point, this does become a base under siege. I don't like the base under siege in general, but I like that it did become a base under siege at a certain point where where there's a bunch of snowmen outside and we're stuck in this fortified fortress and we have to keep the the people out. Like I was like, oh, we're watching a base under siege. And then it was like, no, the snowmen didn't do anything. Um, (laughs) They just stood there. But I I did like that callback. Like it did feel like a sort of like interesting sort of move on his part, like a very like a very nice, subtle throwback. Um, Mm -hmm. Other than that, I don't know. I I did like it. I really did like it. Um, Almost all the way through. It's just that certain parts were necessarily not good. Yeah. Um, in the way that you kind of don't, I, like you kind of almost expect. I also don't, I just don't think, I think the idea of the snowmen could have been cool if, because like the idea that, uh, just the simplistic idea that they, they exist because you're thinking about them existing, I think is really interesting. And if you have them running, from them but then they just keep popping up and they can't escape them like that could have been really scary but they never did anything with it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's and that's my biggest problem that i was left with at the end of this was like was like okay you have this thing where it's like kind of scary and i saw someone on twitter actually tweet um uh what was it uh i'll never look at snow the same way again i'm like really you're never gonna that's that's a little weird yeah um <laughs> that's really because it's like you didn't make snow scary at all like it's just I didn't even see – like, I wish there had been some red snow. You know what I'm saying? Just a little red snow. There was no red uh, snow at no all. No red snow. No red snow. Um, Which would have been messed up. Like, that would have messed up some like, kids. Like, how that. messed up would it have been for there to be, like – like, to be – for there to be a snowman, right? And you see the snowman, and then the doctor, like, walks away or whatever, leaving someone behind, and then he comes back, and the person that he left behind is gone, and the snowman is red. Yeah, it just has fruit punch mouth or fully red. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I just want to. I want a snowman with fruit punch mouth. That's not too much to ask for. <laughs> like if it just shows up and it's like the killer, it's the killer snowman, like the biggest, evilest snowman of all of them. Um, yeah, no, I was, I was, I was left disappointed by that. But I mean, other than that, I found I quite enjoyed it. Um, quite a lot more than I was expecting, and quite a lot more than I was expecting after the first time too. So, yeah, good stuff mostly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, sorry, we didn't think it was perfect, guys. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but the best in a while. Yes. 
in a while. The best since Day of the Moon. Yeah, and I thought this best was a Moffat good play episode well. since Day of yeah, the Moon. Yeah, best Moffat episode since Day of the Moon. I did not think that this was going to play well on a rewatch, because Moffat episodes tend to not play well on rewatch. This actually played much better on rewatch, I found. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, too. Which, which, you know, good step in the right direction, sure. because they haven't lately. Uh, yeah, no, totally. So, Absolutely. So, not since God Complex, I think. Absolutely. So that, that, that tells you something. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS, the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, T-shirts, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. You can pre-order from DCBService.com. Uh, pre-order with monthly discount specials up to 75% off. Uh, comic book bundles at 50% off. And regular discounts of 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. And you only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. And next week, no new episode. Week after that, no new episode. But in a few weeks, we'll be back with John Pertwee and the Ambassadors of Death. You're darn right we're going to be back with John Pertwee and the Ambassadors of Death. Yeah. My, fi- my favorite John Pertwee story. Awesome. Let's kick, let's kick off 2013 with a bang. I'm so excited. So yeah. excited. Um, so, so, yeah, Ambassador's Death, uh, Lazarus Experiment, which is 10th Doctor, 1st Doctor with the Romans, 5th Doctor with Time Flight, um, and Time Flight begins uh, a strew <laughs> of just not great episodes. Yeah, um, of the next four after the Roman after after the Romans, the three are not good. Yeah, at a very much at all. Yeah. Time flight, leisure hive, celestial toy maker, not very good. But yeah. Shakespeare codes in the middle, so it'll break it up a little bit. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, what up? True story. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm twitter.com/slash Scott Corelli. Uh, also, Scott Commentary, where I live tweet things from time to time. Uh, also, also check out the Mind Robbers, which is our uh, everything else uh, in entertainment podcast. Uh, this past week, uh, we had a normal episode. This week, we have a normal episode. Next week, however, uh, next week we'll be doing our year-end uh, extravaganza where we where we talk about we, – we do our uh, top ten lists of the best movies that came out in 2012 along with a few runners-up apiece. And mm-hmm. uh, that'll be a nice long show, and it's 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 a lot of fun. Uh, it's the second one we've done on the show, and the last one was our first episode, and it was great. Um, yeah. So uh, so check that out if you want to hear what we think about movies. It'll be a good it'll be a good starting point. Not to say that every episode isn't a good starting point, um, because it's a podcast. Come on, guys. There's no continuity. Um, yeah. Just jump on. Just jump. Just in. jump the in. Fine. But if you want to, if you want to, if you want to stick a toe in and check the show out for the first time, uh, there's not a better episode than that. I would say. Sure. So absolutely. Uh, Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Gungadin. Also, my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash GD Commentary. We're going to live tweet some stuff, probably the OC Season 2 as I go through it, um, because I finished my last project, which I'm going to be talking about the Mind Robbers next week, uh, or this coming week. Uh, what is it? I'm not telling you, except I'm saying it's the sixth season of Deep Space Nine. Um, so look for that on Mind Robbers. Um, but I'm going to be, li- I think I'm going to live tweet the OC Season 2. I don't know how well it's going to live tweet. We're going to see how it goes. If I have thoughts, I'm going to put them there. Um, and just about any other thing, I know I have Live Free or Die Hard, um, the the fourth Die Hard movie, um, 
So I'm going to live tweet that at some point. I don't know when, but I have it. It's sitting on my Blu-ray player right now. Um, I don't know when I'm going to have time to do that, but uh, I'll do it then. Uh, but the reason I won't have time to do that in the immediate time is besides working on stuff, I have uh, I've almost finished my blog, classicalgalfrey.blogspot.com, where you can find my thoughts on just about every Doctor Who story. And really, the only one that's missing at this point is Power of the Daleks. Uh, if you missed my 15,000-word dissertation on Caves of Androzani, I really want you to read it because I love you, and I think that you'll find stuff in there that's really quite good. Um, uh, but yeah, the blog is almost done, and it should be done by the end of the year. That's my goal. My goal is by the December 31st to have a complete index of every story, easy to find, right in front of you, um, and to have a uh, 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 all the stories completely done. Power of the Dogs is going to be the last one, so... Um, things to look forward to things to look forward to all right yeah, good stuff whoo yeah all right guys well uh it's been a good year i think it's been a great year uh, yeah i'm ready Talk for a vacation <laughs> I am ready for a vacation too, and an, an excuse to uh, to chill out and not talk about Doctor Who for a week is 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 fine for me because I've been doing about two stories a week on average for the past ye- two years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, and for the past like I guess couple like for the past two months I've been doing I don't know how much Doctor Who uh, like an impossible like two, amount. Yeah, like two stories per podcast plus blogging which has been insane like just completely insane so i'm looking forward to just like a time where i can basically just watch whatever i want whenever i want like i can go watch you know i can go watch brain of morbius again i don't need to answer to anyone i don't need to say oh, well i'm watching doctor Who later i can i'm rambling um i'm gonna stop talking now but yeah it's something to look forward to i can go listen to big finish finally which i did rock a bunch of recently but stuff to look forward to yes uh, so we'll be back uh, a week or two into January with the Ambassadors of Death. So we'll see you then. Bye, guys. Bye.